0: This morning is January 14th, 2018, and the title of this message is called Model, Immolating the Example. Model, Immolating the Example. Are you guys ready for this flight? Yes! Yes. Luke 6, 40. Don't turn there. I'm going to read it. A student is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. Is Spencer in the room today? There you are, Spencer. This one's for you. In the complete Jewish Bible translation, it says a Talmud is not above his rabbi, but each one, when he is fully trained, will be like his rabbi. Now, we know prior to this message, we've had a series of Talmudim. The first one was brought to us by Nick Aragina. And the message taken, we learned from our brother Nick Aragina that we have to give up everything we think belongs to us and follow Christ. That repentance leads to fruit and to the responsibility of our, of our calling. Yeah. So responsibility of our calling in the sense that we have to take responsibility for our calling. Nobody else is going to do it. Right. Following up in that message, we had Justin Triester preach attach. What we learned from his message is that whoever teaches someone Torah is as if his father is as if he has fathered him. We also learned that we must abandon all pursuit of all things and attach ourselves to discipleship. And the last thing we learned in this message was we have to put our hands to the plow and not look back. After the message of attach, we talked about lavish. They came from our triplets, Judah Stevens, (laughs) Justin Linton, and Justin Triester. What we learned from our brothers from the message of lavish was that the Lord wants all men to be lavished that the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of an opportunity. That's true. That in the midst of the fire is where most, are, where most of us are refined and our brothers are burned in adversity. And now we've arrived at the fourth letter of Talmudim, which is model. Yeah. So when we think about model, what does it mean to be a model? Somebody gave me some feedback. What does it mean to be a model? A runway model. Runway model, no. How about apprentice, protege, next the line, in the manner of or in the way of? This is just some examples I looked up online. But how about this definition that comes straight from the word of God of what a model means? In Hebrews 1.3, it says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. To be an exact representation is to be a model. Do you want to be a model of Christ and an exact, an exact representation of him? To walk as he walked. Yes. To walk as he walked. Yes. This is done by discipleship, by the leaders that God has put in front of you. That the Lord of the house. This is done by the leaders that the Lord has put in front of you. That this house He has assigned you to is not a mistake. Amen. That's right. That's right. So today, what we're going to talk about is the five letters that make up the word model: M O D E L. And so what's going to happen is, we're going to start in Luke 40, and we're going to end in Luke 40. So we're going to start, and we're going to end in Luke 40. We're end. And in the middle of that, we're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. So the first letter in model is M. M stands for make right sacrifices. Yeah. Make right sacrifices. To be a disciple and continue in discipleship, you have to make right sacrifices. The thing is, every Christian wants to inherit the kingdom of God. We want the also passing power of Christ to fill us, to be an exact representation of who God has called us to be in Christ. But the question is, what are you willing to sacrifice for it? Let that settle on you for a second. What are you willing to sacrifice for it? I remember when I was in college as an engineering major, studying long hours. I thought to myself, surely there's absolutely nothing greater than my studies that would take away my sleep. I was absolutely wrong. Because when I showed up at LCM, I got less sleep. But you know what else I received? I saw families being restored. I saw people being filled with the Holy Ghost. I saw chains being broken off people. The thing about this is we want to focus and press into the kingdom of God. David had the same idea. In 1 Chronicles 21, 21 verse 24. It says, but King David replied to Aruna, no, I insist on paying the full price. I will not take for the Lord what is yours or sacrifice a burnt offering that costs me nothing. The thing is, David was right. It did not cost him nothing. It cost him everything. Amen. Do you want the kingdom of God? Yes. Do you want it? Yes. Then you have to make the right sacrifices. Yes. There was also a man who was looking for the kingdom of God. Longing for it. I want you guys to turn to Genesis 22 and insert yourself in the story. Say, there when you were there. 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 Or say, I'm getting there. there. In Genesis 22, verse 1, sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, say only son. only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains. I would tell you about, man, it doesn't get any more push out than this. It doesn't get any more plain than this. It says, take your son, your only son. The Lord is asking Abraham to sacrifice his own flesh and blood. Now, most of us we're familiar with this story. We're familiar with Abraham's life, the promises that God has given him. He's called the father of many nations. He's called the father of the faith. The scripture even goes as far as to say in James 2.23 that he is God's friend. Man, they had to be really good friends to ask your friend to sacrifice his son. But what does that really say about you? When God tells you something, do you do it? When God tells you something, do you do it? Because Abraham acted out in obedience to the Lord. What's interesting here is, is He has a promise from God of a promised son that God said, I will, I will give your son the promised seed. And now the Lord is asking him, demanding of him to sacrifice his son. What is the Lord asking you to sacrifice that you're still holding on to? What is the Lord asking you to sacrifice that you're still holding on to? What if Abraham heard God and said, I heard what you said, but how about I offer you this cow here? I heard what you said about me sacrificing my son, but what about something lesser of value? No. The thing is, most Christians get themselves in trouble, not for making the right sacrifices, but for making the wrong ones. The thing is, when you make the wrong sacrifice, it's a reflection of your heart. Wow. True. When you make wrong sacrifices, you start to develop salt tendencies. Excuses start to arise. There's BS in the background, the bleeding of sheep. The problem with Christians is that when we first fall in love with the Lord, we say, Lord, you have everything. You have my whole heart, heart and soul, everything. We give him our entire life, then we spend the rest of our life trying to get it back. It's my job. It's my car. It's my time. It's, it's, It's my house. It's my life. You know what Leonard Ravenhill said to people like that? He said... A relationship with God that costs you nothing, is worth nothing, and does nothing. Wow! Oh, come on, and Bola. Does it really have to cost something? Absolutely, yes. yes. Amen. What did it cost Jesus? What did it cost Jesus to come down and save you from the muck and the mire? It cost him everything. The thing is, if you're going to be a model of Christ, if you're going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, it's going to have to cost you everything. Say Everything. everything. Which leads us to our next letter. Can anyone guess what the O is? Obey. Yeah. (laughs) Obey. Obedience. It's not going to be anything else. So say after me, obedience. Obedience. Obey. Obey. Obedience is a shield for Christians. Obedience protects you from from ending up where you should not be. Obedience is a covering and is essential to your walk. In 1 Kings 2.3, it says, And observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in his ways and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and requirements, as written in the law of Moses, so that you may prosper in all that you do, wherever you go. To obey means to step out in faith, not the type of obedience that says, if I can see it, then I'll obey. Or if it's convenient for me, then I'll go. Yeah, that's not obedience. That's faithlessness. Convenience and obedience are directly opposed to each other. Do you want convenience or do you want obedience? Obedience! Justin Linton, do you want convenience or obedience? Obedience! What about you, Andrew? Do you want convenience or obedience? Obedience! What about having one car in your family, but still making it to church faithfully time and time and again? That's not convenience. That's what? Obedience! What about meeting up with the leaders at a non-service time to talk about the future of your family? That's not convenience. That's obedience! What about waking up early in the morning for prison, feeling half dead, but the end result is you're filling people with the Holy Ghost, watching God break sin off people's lives. That's not convenience. That's what? Obedience. What about taking time away from your earthly family to be with your spiritual family? That's not convenience. That's what? Obedience. Or what about working all night, but showing up to church Sunday morning, leading worship and people to the presence of God? That's not convenience. That's what? Obedience. Oh, come on, church. What about cleaning toilets on Thursday nights at church and nobody sees you? That's not convenience. That's what? Obedience. What about driving all the way to Dallas after Acts 1 and then coming back to hear what the Lord has to speak to him in the next class? That's not convenience. That's what? Obedience. All right, ladies. What about changing seven diapers in one day, going to secret service at church to only come back home and cook for your husband? That's not convenience. That's what? Obedience. This last one, when you come to LCM, that's not convenience, that's what? Obedience! Amen, brother, amen! Woo. Listen yeah. up, church. I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. It's guaranteed that when you obey, inconvenience is absolutely certain and resistance will be on your path. Just ask the Apostle Paul. Turn to 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-five 25 through 29. Stay there when you're there. That was fast. <laughs> Say there when you were there. 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 In 2 Corinthians 11, 25 through 29, it says, Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger from cities. This is incredible. How much in danger can Paul get to? In danger in the country, in danger in the sea, and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. And on top of all of this, verse 28. Besides everything else, I face daily the, per- the pressure of my concern for all churches. I love the Apostle Paul. He had none of his trials. And those trials forged and molded him into the, God- into the man that God wanted him to be. Amen, just like Timothy. Just like Titus. Just like Ones- Onesimus. Also, according to David, it says this. In Acts thirteen twelve. After removing Saul, he made David their king. He testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He would do everything I want him to do. Amen. Can the Lord say that about you? Oh, yeah. That you would do everything he tells you to do? Yeah. I really want you guys to take time to really consider this. Come on. Do you do everything he tells you to do? Or do you consider partial obedience, obedience? See, the solution is found in Psalm 73. The psalmist writes, Whom have I in heaven but you, and earth has nothing I desire besides you? What is the psalmist saying here? He says, It's not convenience, it's what? Obedience. When the Lord is all that you have and all that you desire, then you want to please Him with your obedience. Do you want to please the Lord, church? Yes. Then you must do the very next thing He tells you to do. The third letter, model. Is D, which stands for demonstration, and in parentheses, I want you to write with direction. So, what does it mean to demonstrate with direction? Well, the first question we have to ask is: Everybody shows demonstration in some way. In Proverbs ten seventeen, it says, "He who heeds discipline shows the way to life, but whoever ignores correction leads others astray." When you examine your walk and your life, what is it a demonstration of? Is it convenience or is it obedience? Are you demonstrating things that you have learned here in this body or are you demonstrating an act of rebellion to the messages preached from this pulpit? Wow. Is your demonstration one of faith that the Lord was smiled down upon or does your demonstration show a lack of direction a lack of discipleship, zero accountability. Ask yourself this. When others look at me, do they see the model of Christ? Wow, That's something to really ponder about. That's something to really think about. Yep, it is. Do I demonstrate that his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path? Mm. To the parents in this room, if you're not demonstrating that the word of God is the leading authority in your life or allowing yourself to be submitted to the leaders and elders, then what message are you sending to your kids? You end up showing them that you can show up to church, talk a good talk, engage in conversation, make promises that you will not keep, show no demonstration of a walk or action to prove it. Come on, tell the truth, brother. This reminds me when I was younger and I played video games on hours on end, adding absolutely no value to my life. If I had kids today and all I did was play video games, what kind of example am I setting for them? So ask yourself this. What does the end result look like When there is no demonstration to your children of how to live a godly life or to submit to authority. Well, ask the first generation of Israelites how it ended up for them. Maybe you're not a parent in here, but what are you demonstrating? Is it all about you? Are you craving for the center of attention? Wanting to be near the things or the people of God, but never fully stepping in? Are you a model, a runway model, or do you model judges? where it says that they did everything that they saw fit in their own eyes. An attitude like that is not demonstrating with direction, LCM. What this looks like can be found in John 13. Please turn there. So there when you're there. In John 13, 12 through 15. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. See, here in this passage, Jesus is the perfect model. His disciples don't have any excuse. So, in, in the very same way, when you look at the pastors and the elders and they're pressing in, they're sacrificing, what excuse do you have, LCM? None, Chris. Jesus is the perfect model. And he's saying in this passage, Do as I have done for you. Say, Do. <laughs> you have to do it, LCM. We have to do it as a church. When we become models of Christ through discipleship of our pastors, when we learn to demonstrate with direction of the Holy Spirit, counsel of our leadership, love for our brothers, and our approval of God, imagine what he could do with your life when you step out in faith every single time. Amen. Amen. The fourth letter and model is E, which stands for exponential growth. Exponential growth. Turn to Hebrews 5. When you get to Hebrews 5, discover the 11th verse. In Hebrews 5, starting in verse 11, it says, we have much to say about this, but it's really hard to explain because you are slow to learn. In fact, though by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature. Say mature? Mature. Who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish between good and evil. Therefore, verse 6, well, Hebrews 6, verse 1, therefore let us leave. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death or faith in God, instructions and in baptism, the laying, on, the laying on of hands, the, re- the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment, and God permitting, we will do so. The teachings, LTM, that we receive at this church, like Discipleship Helps 1, Discipleship Helps 2, Discipleship Helps 3, Acts 1, Acts 2 soon to be Acts 3. We have no shortage of teaching in this church because the Lord is faithful to his word. Yeah. Amen. But the question to you is, in the last six months, when you examine your walk, have you grown or have you settled? What about in the last year? Did all your fire and zeal fizzle out in your walk early on? Did you feel some resistance along the way? Now you don't burn as you once did for the lost? The Christian that is not growing is no different than a hot bowl of soup that you put on the table that ends up being lukewarm and cold over time. Wow. When there's no spiritual growth in a Christian's life, those who are spiritually hungry starve to death. Wow. It's up to us, LCM. It's up to us not to just listen to a message, but to put it into practice. Turn to Daniel chapter three. It's a good word. Say there when you're there. 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 In Daniel chapter three, it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and one bad negro. I thought you would like that. Who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any God except their own. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything about the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble. For no other God can save in this way. Verse 30. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego demonstrated with godly convictions that led to exponential growth in the kingdom. That's right. That's right. In Psalm 92, verses 12 through 13, it says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord that will flourish in the courts of our God. That's interesting. A palm tree and a cedar tree. The only reason a palm tree or a cedar tree does not grow is because it's dying. It's dead. Christians are no different. What kind of Christian do you want to be? Do you want to be dead or you want to be growing? growing. You want to be one that grows. And if that word is sitting heavy on you and it cuts you, remember that you have an opportunity later on today to be resurrected. It says in Job that the scent of water allows that tree to spring to life. Yeah. 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 Do you guys want to win, LCM? Yeah. I, want to win. I want to win. You're, you're looking at a man who's, who's counted the cost. You're looking at a man who's, who's gone fully into the kingdom. I'm not turning back. I burned all bridges. So I don't know about you, but Jesus is all that I have. Yeah, Yeah. me too. Jesus is all that I have, and I'm not going back. What'd you tell me, Pastor Eric, you already swam too far across the ocean to even turn back? Can't turn back now. Can't turn back now. The letter L and model. The last and fifth letter stands for lead. Do you want to lead LCM? Yes. Do you want to lead LCM? Yes. Then you have to make the right sacrifices. When you make the right sacrifices, your obedience is demonstration. That demonstration shows direction in your life of exponential growth. And that causes men and women to want to be led by you. Yeah. Yeah. So when we talk about reaching the nations, doing mighty works for God, that's not possible if you're trying to lead and you've never had exponential growth in the kingdom. You have never had exponential growth in your walk. And there's no way for you to have exponential growth if you're not demonstrating with direction. If you can't demonstrate with direction, it's because there's no obedience. It's because there's no obedience, it's not because, it's because you're not making the right sacrifice. Man, that's good. Yeah. I'll say it again. You want to do mighty works for God. You want to reach the nations. You want to see souls being saved. You want to lead men and women into the kingdom. is not possible if you're not exponentially growing in the kingdom. And if you're not exponentially growing in the kingdom, it's because you're not demonstrating with direction. And if you're not demonstrating with direction, it's because you're not obedient. And If you're not obedient, it's because you're not making the right sacrifice. I want to win. I want to win. Turn to Revelation 19. I feel like a horse just charging to the fray. (laughs) Say there when you're there. 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 In Revelation 19, discover the 11th verse. It says, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but him himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The the armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. See, the reason why they're following him, the the rider on the horse, is because he's the perfect model. Those who are wearing fine linen are wearing right sacrifices. (laughs) Those who are wearing fine linen are wearing right right sacrifices. What are you putting on every day, LCM? Do you show up here for show? To impress us? At the end of days, we don't judge you. The Lord does. That's a good word. We want you to win. Amen. Yes. Pay, hey, you can start making your way up here. Jesus is the perfect model. And he told his disciples in John do what I've done to you. Turn to Matthew 14. As we get ready to close. Say there when you're there. Matthew 13, starting in verse 25, it says, during the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walk, I hear a lot of pages turning, so I'm just going to (laughs) stop. Say there when you're there, guys. Picking up in verse 25 again, it says, during the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. When you take Matthew 14 and you insert it back into Luke 40, Where it says a student is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. What does it mean to be fully trained? To be like him, a model of him. What does that mean? It means that you cannot hold back any longer. It means that you cannot continue to hold on to the things which are passing away. To be like him, a model of him, it will cost you everything. In fact, it will cost you everything. There is no way around this. There is no alternative. It will cost you everything. Say everything, church. Everything. Your time, your relationships, your material possessions, the life that you have built up and planned in advance for yourself, it's going to cost you. What did it cost a man like Abraham who was called a friend of God? What did it cost Moses, Joshua, Elijah, Elisha, and the prophets? What did it cost Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? That's not convenient. It's what? What did it cost these men? It cost them everything. But you have to decide who you want to be like. Do you want to be like the 11 who sat in the boat protecting their lives and said, Watching the Lord walk on water, or do you want to be like Peter who said, Lord, tell me to come out to the water. See, I want to be like Peter, uh, to face and wrestle with the realities of what it's going to cost me to lose everything and walk with Jesus, to be a model of him. I've made up my mind. I don't care if there's a storm. I don't care if there's a wave. I don't care who's looking at me. I don't care if it's dark outside. You know why? Because I want to walk on water. What do you want to do? Walk on water, Frank, do you want to walk on water? Yes. Stand to your feet. I wrestled with this word. I wrestled with this word. I do not want to be guilty of preaching a word that I do not live. What about you today? You're here for a reason. You didn't didn't waltz in here by accident. I brought my Bible up here because I wanted to show you guys something. On my Bible, it says, may the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. Why do I put that on my Bible? Because it's not a game for me. (laughs) This is not a game for me. I've counted the cost, and I will continue to count the cost. What is the Lord speaking to you today that you must do? The things that he's asking you to sacrifice, the things that are valuable to you, just like Abraham. What is he asking you to do today? You can't sit there. You can't sit in your seat when the Lord is asking you to press into discipleship, to let these men lead you, to submit to authority, to raise your family. You can't sit there any longer. There's a day and a time coming where it says that the love of many is going to grow cold. How does the love of many grow cold? How do Christians love for the Lord grow cold? How does that happen? You stand around and you do absolutely nothing. Wow. Guys, I want to win. Amen. Yes. I want to win.